You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and I am here with the lovely Daniel and Kelly. In today's car ride's worth of content, we are going to reveal to you what we have found are the top three reasons teens stop coming to your group, and they're not what you probably think. But before we get into that, I need to ask, what are you guys loving right now? We were going to share apps we're gonna do apps today. today. Our yeah. favorite apps are oh, yeah. things that we're loving. So my favorite app is Duolingo. I've got an over 100-day streak trying to learn Spanish. So I just do wow. like five minutes wow. or so of Spanish a night. Is it that like they speak to you and you repeat it? Or? Yeah, it's a mix of exercises. And it is it is a little repetitive. I mean, you're learning language. It's repetitive. But it's it's kind of fun. You do some speaking, some writing, some like picking the words and translating. And um, I have been consistent with it for the first time ever. So trying to pick up my Spanish again. I've taken like classes and stuff over time. And if you don't use it, you lose it pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. What app, app store is everything loving? these days. You don't like yeah. apps. I don't really love apps either. I try to just limit what I have on my phone or else I'm, I'll be on it all the time yeah. just mindlessly. But I do, do love Venmo, oh, that money sharing app, if you guys don't know what it I is. I love it but too. It is just so convenient. It's so nice to be able to like go out with a group, pick up a check and just be like, okay, this is how much you owe me down to the cent too. You know, I'm very frugal and I like to, and <laughs> I'm specific. So I like doing that. I'm like, I'll, I'll Venmo request you for 13 cents. How about that? <laughs> very convenient. <laughs> it is it's great. It's super convenient. Yeah. I, I forget which one I was going to say. I like Doggo. Do you guys know what Doggo mm. is? You don't Sounds like something you would like. What Neither is you it? Guys have Doggo. Anything with dogs? It's a fantastic app that reminds you every day to train your dog just for like three minutes. It tells you exactly what to do. And then it tells you how to reward them. It's so fun. I love it. Wow. And it's just a good time with your dog, too, if you're a dog person. Spend and time you're with your definitely dog. a dog person. I'm yeah. definitely a dog person. Oh, and Touch Note. That's a good one, too. Do you know Touch Note? No. You can pick um, a photo from your photos and make a card and send it. And all of that takes like two minutes. So great. So you don't have to go shopping. Is it like for a, a card. digital card or yeah. is it a physical no, no, card? No, no, no. It's a physical card that gets mailed. Oh, wow. For, and so it's a photo. You can do all sorts of... Um, i heard of that. Yeah, like graphics and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it really cool. Just nice and easy to send a card to someone I in the mail. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We're still sending Favorite physical apps. mail, but doing it through our phone. Yeah. This is 2019. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that is awesome. So Kelly, let's get started. Tell us the three top reasons that people think, think that teens stop coming to their program. Right. So... And we've, I think we've fallen victim to this too. These are the reasons that we think kids, teens might not be coming to our program, but I don't think they're the real reasons. So we're going to get to those in a minute. But we think that they're not coming because it's boring. And teens might say it's boring and it could be true, but really they are just struggling to engage. Their attention spans are shorter for many reasons, including technology their interpersonal skills make meaningful relationships a little more challenging. So you have to, we have to work harder there with our leaders. 
They are hyper aware of being in a peer group and they aren't sure if it's socially acceptable to engage in the program or to enjoy Mm -hmm. it or to like it. So those are all reasons that they might say that it's boring and we might listen to that and then try to design like super fantastic games Mm -hmm. and make it crazy and fun and that hasn't worked well for us. We're never going to win the entertainment battle. Never. No, we're up against But it does need to be engaging. But there is a battle that we can win. Yep. The number two reason that we think that teens stop coming is that they just don't care. They appear to be apathetic, but they have the same three questions that all human beings share running on hyperdrive through their heads. Who am I? Where do I fit? And what difference do I make? And those are questions that we can help them answer. Um, They do care. They do care. They do care. Even if they say they don't. And then the third reason that that we think teens might leave is because they get offended. It's easier than ever to offend someone these days. And we often do offend people in church world. But perhaps we aren't offending the right people. Jesus didn't offend unchurched or lost people. He offended the church people. So who do you offend? Does your message offend the righteous churchgoers or the people on the fence about faith? Young people hate hypocrisy, and they can identify it in a heartbeat. But even if they disagree with you, if they know you care and have their best interest in mind, most often offense won't really be the reason that they leave, especially if they're allowed to discuss that hypocrisy in small group and if you prepare your leaders to be able to discuss it. So those are the three reasons, Allie, that we think teens stop coming. It's boring, they don't care, and they get offended. Definitely. And like you said, I think we have heard these trigger things or thought it right. too. And, and tried we, to. Yeah, yeah, try to overcompensate mm-hmm. for it. But like you said, there are just some battles we aren't going to win. Right. And, we and have those to, aren't really the reasons. Yeah, we have to know the truth mm-hmm. of what we're fighting here. So what are actually the reasons that teens stop coming? And what do we do about them? So we have three things that we think teens um, will actually stop coming if these things are happening. The first one is that no one notices if they're there. And they can maybe come once or twice, and maybe the small group leader learns their name, but then they maybe miss once or twice, and no one follows up with them. They might be gone forever at that point. The window of opportunity that we have to show a teen that we care is really brief, so that's only a month of, of coming or not coming that I just described. And that might be your window to really prove to a teen that you care about them. So if no one notices if they're there or not, a teen will stop coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a bummer. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think anybody would. It's a natural inclination. We want to be noticed, even if it's a really quiet teen who is on the periphery, probably even more so if it's a yeah. quiet teen who's on the periphery. Yeah, they're not known mm-hmm, anywhere they're they not go. Noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to fall away when they realize that nobody notices that they're there or not. So how do we um, fight that? The thing that we would suggest doing is to just have your small group leaders know their teens. And this is the lead small principle. It all comes back to those relationships. And we want to give simple ways for our teens to um, be followed up with, to empower our small group leaders to have that relationship with them, and then to really be tracking on it. So we can't do that for all of our teens, but we do have small group leaders that can do it for a smaller amount of them. So maybe, uh, you know, if we have 10 
teens in a small group, two leaders per small group, that's five teens that they're both responsible for, maybe six or seven if it's a really big small group. They can track on that many teens. And we actually have somebody that tracks our attendance, so they will check in when they get here, and we keep pretty close track of that. And we have a minister that we ask to really just track that um, and let leaders know when their teens are missing. And she even provides a little way that they can follow up. It's a quick email. It's a text message that they can send, just a simple way to reach out and say, hey, I noticed that you weren't there. Um, is there anything that I can do to, to help you come back? It's not the same without you. That's all that it takes. But we have to be able to notice that they're not there. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference. All right. So that's reason number one that they will stop coming. Reason number two is that they don't know anyone. That's, the that's a first tough one to thing. Yeah, it's a tough man. one for it us is. to have any fight with. First thing that a teen asks, though, is who's going to be there. Yeah. doesn't even matter what the event mm-hmm. is. Sports, yeah. going out to who's going? the beach, who's going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the biggest reason that teens come or don't come, the friends that are there. And it's not just their peers, but it is mostly their peers. Um, we could have all the adults here and be <laughs> totally supportive of teens. And if their peers aren't here, if their friends aren't here, they're probably not going to come. We had a young man this year um, who was great, and he serves in a lot of different capacities. He's actually one of our um, sacristans. He's a junior. Yeah, he's a junior. Uh, and Which is probably around when we start to see drop-off, right? Yeah. Every yeah. youth ministry probably sees drop-off then. And he was confirmed the year before this past year, so he had to be here for that time. And his small group had to be here. And he indicated not just to us, but to his parents, that he really wanted to come back to our uprising program, but his friends dropped out. And even though his parents were supportive of him coming back, he really didn't attend much this year because his friends weren't there. So how do we fight that? This is probably the toughest one um, to really set up a plan. Um, And we want to, as much as possible, help teens connect with people. So One thing that we're going to try this year, and we'll see how it works, but for teens especially that are like from an outlier school or just don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of friends coming in, we want to give them some basic connection points. So we're going to ask teens at the beginning of the year, just within their small groups, some questions um, that will help us connect them, especially when new teens come in. So school is a big one. Um, They can just know that somebody else from their school is here. One of the first things they ask when they walk in the door is, is there anybody else in this room that's like me? And even just a school connection can can be a little mm-hmm. bit of a connection point. Um, what their extracurricular act interests are. So if they're a soccer player and replacing a new person in a group, we might be able to look at one of these cards and say, oh, this group's got a bunch of soccer players. Maybe we mm-hmm. could put them in with them. Um, or just a weird fact about different people. <laughs> Maybe, you never know, it might just start a conversation and get them involved. So looking for connection points to be able to introduce people and maybe just begin a little bit of a relationship. One thing that we do on our retreat is we send them off on, we call it an Emmaus walk, and we partner them up with a random person um, of the same gender, just so it's a little bit easier. Um, And we give them some questions and send them out for half hour, 45 minutes. It's one of their favorite things. And it's surprisingly Mm -hmm. one of their favorite things. And some of the friendships that they build off of that last for the entire year Mm -hmm. and beyond. 
Um, and then one other way that we can help them to know someone is for the small group leaders to just consistently be connecting the group. And this is hard to do, but there are some simple ways that the small group leader can facilitate those connections. A weekly text, um, doing a couple of things together throughout the year, even if it's um, just going out and not doing the program at all for a given week. You go out and just get pizza together mm-hmm. or and just make sure the youth minister knows that. But um, you can just go and do those things to build the bond um, within your group. And then maybe once a month during the summer, reach out and just touch base um, with the group and help them to um, be a little bit more cohesive. All right, so number one reason that people are actually stop coming is that no one notices they're there. Number two, they don't know anyone. Number three, their parents don't support it. And That's we don't, a big one. Yeah, we don't say this because we want to um, villainize parents or anything. But the biggest reason that we've found that teens don't come back is that they aren't receiving the support to come to a program from home. It's just one activity among many with sports and school and music and theater and SAT prep and everything else that yeah. teens have to do. But we see that they can prioritize church if they want to because mm-hmm. they're required to come for confirmation and they show up, the kid shows up. So they prioritize it for that one year of confirmation. And that's the year that we hope. And then we do, well, that's the year we hope to get them on board and get them engaged so that they'll continue to prioritize it. But um, it seems like everything else wins out. It does. We have teens, you know, that say, we love the experience we've had mm-hmm. in small group. We love our small group, but we're not coming back next year. I'm going to be too busy. They already have the plan yeah. in their heads yeah, that they're going to be too busy. Be, yep. Mm-hmm. And that comes from only the parents. If the parents said, oh my gosh, it's so great. We'll have to keep going next year. Mm-hmm. We'll just make it a priority. Then the kid would be saying, yeah, I'm coming back next year. Because we get that pushback from parents pretty immediately when they find out that it is a confirmation requirement. Yeah. They yeah. say, how do you expect them to come every right. week? They're so busy. Yeah. And, but they do. I remember running into a parent at a pizza place after we after we decided that we were going to kind of bring confirmation into the uprising program to engage teens here on campus a little bit more because before that confirmation didn't engage them here at all and um she said, "Do you mean to tell me that the that teenagers are going to have to come to your program? I mean, they have basketball and they have sports and other things." I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, that's that's what I'm telling you. Well, I don't know how you're going to do that. Your daughter got confirmed last year. Somehow they make it Somehow work. Somehow yeah. it works. And if this isn't the year for you, that's <clears throat> a, we understand your yeah. schedules are busy, but we want it to be a priority for you. This I love this next point. I heard this at an Orange conference, Daniel. I don't know what if the next parents one is. knew. Oh, what we were talking mm. about. It's just like that's the it's the whole idea of like of convincing parents that we are providing value and it's really hard to do that in some ways but the point is if parents knew what their child was saying in small group to me to you to Allie they would make it a top priority to get their kid here every week but we can't say that and not only scares them and then they're like well what what are they saying (laughs) Not in an intimidating way, just no, in that they're opening it's just up. The they, truth. They the tell truth. us about the boy they have a crush on at school. You know, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. But also, they're not even you want us. your child here every week. You want to know me now. The parent yeah. wants to know the leader too, and that's just where we get that connection too. Yeah. 
I mean, they're yeah, we're we're turning them towards God for all of their issues that they're in their life. When teenagers have a lot of issues. Yeah, and we even though we can't say that to parents, we do have to figure out ways to sell parents on what we're doing. We need to invite them and involve them and inform them um, so that they can see the value in it. Yeah. So tell us what a win is in regard to parents. And okay, so this is and, a good this is a good win for parents. We I mean we probably have a lot like this. We find a lot of times that the teenager brings their parent to church and and um my small group, maybe it's unique, but I think a lot of small groups are like this, but when we started in sixth grade, the girls in our group just have always invited other girls. And that's been a challenge sometimes that we've given them, like invite a friend. And they've always done it. And so our group grew from 10 girls in middle school to 20 girls by the end of ninth grade. And we had to split into two groups. Um, But one of the girls that was invited was not Catholic and was unchurched, had not really been to church a whole lot. And at the end of eighth grade, everybody was signing up for confirmation, everybody in the group who was Catholic. And she was like, what is this? I don't, what are you talking about? And so we told her what confirmation was and and what the preparation would entail. And she said, well, I want that. I want that too. And I don't think it was just because her friends were doing it. She just, um, you know, the idea appealed to her to, to have the Holy Spirit more involved in her life. And so, again, she wasn't Catholic, so that Easter um, she was baptized and received her first communion, and then later that year was confirmed. But the cool part about it with her parents was that they came and did the preparation with her, both her mom and her dad, and sometimes her little brother, right, came along Mm -hmm. while she was preparing. And so her family was celebrating with her. Her family was open to church again. They actually come occasionally, like when... When she wants to come to mass, you know, they'll, they'll bring her and come with her. And, and so, you know, she, she felt like she belonged here when she was in middle school and then she slowly began to believe. And then she began to behave in a way that disciples behave. So awesome. She had tons of reasons to not come back. Yeah. I mean, probably the only one that was keeping her here for the beginning of it was her her friends. Yeah. That recruited her. And then slowly she just got deeper. And and I think she's just still affecting her parents. So that's so awesome. So there you have it. The three reasons teens actually stop coming to your program are that no one notices if they're there, if they don't know anyone, and if their parents don't support it. So that needs to be your focus on those three things to make sure these teens keep coming back. Thank you so much for joining us today on Uprising. We love you guys. Tune in next time where we'll be discussing how creating a rhythm all week long breeds regularity at your program.